Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. And don't forget, you can listen to our archives with our compliments at www.xzonepodcast.com. My guest this hour is Dr. Peter Bregan. He is an MD, and we're going to be talking to Dr. Bregan about his new book, Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal. Now, despite millions of us being exposed to psychiatric drugs, doctors, patients, and families know very little about the harmful effects of psychiatric drugs. They know almost nothing about long-term harmful effects and even less about withdrawal effects. It's almost taboo to talk about stopping psychiatric drugs. Uh, Millions of people think they need psychiatric drugs because they feel dreadful when they stop taking them, you know. And um, But they don't need the drugs. They need to learn how to stop taking them. 
In his new book, Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal, Dr. Bregan describes many of the reasons to stop taking psychiatric drugs and shows how to withdraw from them as safely as possible. Now, Dr. Bregan is a psychiatrist in private practice in Ithaca, New York. He is a worldwide leader in psychiatric reform who is called the Conscience of Psychiatry. He founded the Center for the Study of Empathic Therapy and has written more than 20 books, including Taking Back, or Talking Back to Prozac and Toxic Psychiatry. His new book, Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal, A Guide for Prescribers, Therapists, Patients, and Their Families, can, is, is now available. And if you'd like to find out more information about Dr. Bregan, his website is www.bregginn.com. Joining me from Ithaca, New York, now is Dr. Bregan. And doctor, welcome to the show. Oh, it's marvelous to be on your show. It sounds like a very exciting network. I right, thank you very much, sir. Tell me, um, kids going back to school, uh, we we look at the children of today, we look at their, their diets, we look at their exercise, and then we look at the the mood-altering substances that we're giving our kids, such as, as Prozac. At, where are we going today uh, when it comes to the psychiatric drugs, how to withdraw people safely from psychiatric drugs, and in your opinion as a psychiatrist, is it necessary to give all our kids Ritalin? Well, yes, I'm so glad to be focusing on the children, and I think it's very apt because we're still early in the uh, school year, Mm -hmm. and a lot of parents are going to be told or have already been told that Johnny doesn't pay attention in class, or he's jumping around, or Janie is staring out the window. You know, we used to accept that raising children was a sacred trust. That's right. You know, even God-given trust. Mm-hmm. We used to accept that it was a lot of hard work raising a child. We used to accept it took extended family to raise a child. We used to think that schools had a moral duty to discipline children and to teach them how to behave. We had, we have a lot of good, solid traditional values that make so much more sense than the current psychiatric approach. Parents come to me who have a child who is um, out of control. Um, He's talking back. He's sassy. Mm -hmm. He um, gives teachers a hard time. And I ask them, well, have you ever discussed uh, discipline problems with any of the psychiatrists that have been giving your son all these drugs. Dr. Bregan, please stand by, sir. You and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. Exonation, Dr. Peter Bregan, MD, is our special guest. www.bregan.com. We're talking about the good doctor's new book, Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go away.
phone to ring Waiting for someone to tell you everything Sit around and wonder what tomorrow will bring Maybe a diamond ring Well, it's all Exonation, my guest this hour is Dr. Peter Bregan, www.bregin.com. He's the author of Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal. And before we went to the break, doctor, we had just started talking about kids going to school, the parents, uh, some parents getting the notification that their kids are, you know, just kind of mischievous or they're sitting there looking out the window. And uh, I've often wondered, is this because the child is bored? Well, you know, there are so many reasons, including being bored, that a child ends up with a diagnosis of ADHD. Mm. I mean, one is the child's bored, one is the teacher's boring, one is the uh, parents uh, perhaps haven't motivated the kid uh, properly for school, another is that maybe there are some discipline problems at home that the parents need to get themselves together on, and most of the time it's just a normal kid being asked to do something that no adult would do even if they were paid 100000 a year in terms of sitting still in class all day long as a way of life. So there's just so many reasons that can go into it, not, you know, not getting the right mm-hmm. food in the morning, uh, being bullied on the school bus. So if we just say the kid has ADHD, we don't ask, what does our child need? We abrogate responsibility. It may feel like a relief, but it won't give us the satisfaction of really being a good teacher or really being a good parent. Because we need to know what does our child need. The child need to be more engaged in school, a better teacher, a different school, if possible. Or does our child actually falling behind in reading so he or she isn't keeping up in class? And often in my practice, what I see mm-hmm. is that it's a perfectly normal child. The parents love the child, but the parents haven't arrived at a consistent approach to discipline. Often they're excessive on the permissiveness end of things, or they're giving contradictory mm-hmm. uh, instructions from each other, yeah. and the kids playing the parents off against each other. But all these issues are not hard to handle. This is not like dealing with a very disturbed person, which is a or child, which is a different matter. The kids that are getting drugged in childhood almost invariably just need more attention from mom and dad. And uh, hopefully there is a dad present in the home, and if not, yeah. some male, if it's a boy, some great involvement from a man. We, we just need to reclaim responsibility for our kids. It, it seems, doctor, that it should be the parents who are going to sit down with the psychiatrist instead of somebody just prescribing Ritalin to the kid to solve a, a problem that needs further investigating. And like you said, responsibility of parenthood. Well, Rob, you hit the nail on the head. I I won't just let a parent drop their kid off Mm -hmm. and go. But that's what happens in what passes for child psychiatry today. Um, Now, taking children off medication requires thoughtfulness, but if if the only medication your child is on is a stimulant, and if this child comes off at Thanksgiving and Christmas and in the summers, then you're going to have a fairly easy time withdrawing because you already know that it's not a serious matter. But if your child's on the drug all the time and doesn't have breaks and you don't know how your child's going to do if you stop, then you have to do it carefully, 
probably ideally during a, a holiday break, but perhaps not. And then you've got to look at what are we going to do instead of the drug. And usually that's going to involve some combination of getting some help in parenting. It's nothing to be ashamed of. None of us were trained to be parents right. in, our, in school. You know, read some good books, get a marriage and family counselor to talk with you about parenting, not a psychiatrist, take a parenting course. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are free. And work with the school on how to engage your child. And one really basic thought, stop focusing on what's the matter with your child. I mean, I get these reports from psychologists. My child has executive dysfunction in his frontal lobes. Nonsense. (laughs) Not unless he's had a huge blow on the head. My child's got this. No, look for what your child loves. There's probably one thing at least, the computer, games, sports. Look for something your child loves. Help them get esteem by working hard and doing well in something they love and start from there. Start from your child's strength. You know, when I look back at my own childhood, mom and dad, supper time. Mom and dad, breakfast. Mom and dad communicating with us at supper time and the family would congregate and talk and be a family unit. Uh, today, you know, and that's, that's how I raised my children. You know, we, you came to supper. We had supper on our schedule. We did homework with the children to let them know that we were actively involved, not only as parents at home, but we showed interest in what was going on at school. Get outside and play. Uh, exercise. Eat right. Don't eat junk food. Don't drink uh, all this chemically infested uh, pop and and what else? Go out, dance, socialize, learn your communication skills. Go to parent and teacher night. Find out how you can help or if there's any problems, what can be done. But it seems today that we're not only in a technological throwaway society, but the family unit is throwaway too. Well, you're just so on target. And you know you could go to three psychiatrists in a row to get diagnosed and drugged, mm-hmm. and you would never hear what you just said. Psychiatry has totally lost track of what it means to be a human being, to have a family. It's lost track of wisdom, and it's just stuck in this narrow, mm-hmm. narrow, awful box. And these drugs are bad for children. I mean, the stimulants suppress growth. They frequently cause depression. They're often the start of a child getting more adverse drug reactions and ending up on four or five drugs when, when it only started with he was a bit of a behavior problem. And these drugs predispose to using cocaine in young adulthood. And sure. I lay all this out in the book. I mean, it's there. It's real. You see, a lot of people don't realize, Doctor, that Ritalin is in the same pharmacological category as, as cocaine. It, it absolutely is not all. Yeah. Uh, Every, every good textbook will tell you that. But not all parents read the textbook. They just go with their prescription, go to the pharmacist. And I've heard horror stories where parents are taking the Ritalin from the child and either using it themselves or selling it. Yeah, well, why not? It's uh, the most frequently stolen street drug there is. It's Unreal. about uh, these stimulant drugs. It's really bizarre. Tell, tell me, doctor. What has happened over the years? I remember going to school and, God, you know, to have anybody on a, on a 
kind of drug that was given by a psychiatrist. You never heard about that. If there was a problem, you had a teacher, you had a principal, and God help you if Dad got that call from the principal. Well, you know, what has happened is a general abrogation, a giving up of authority on the part of parents and Mm -hmm. teachers, and then just letting the drug companies, the pharmaceutical industry, and their psychiatric and pediatric uh, salespersons move into the gap. Uh, We're allowing the pharmaceutical industry billions of dollars to control practically everything that's going on in the mental health field now. That is not not an exaggeration. And to fill in the gaps where people should be providing services to each other, where people should be taking care of each other, where parents should be taking care of children, where husbands and wives should be learning how to have good marriages, mm-hmm. and, and where, where men and women should be learning to find work that they love. All the things that are important to do in a creative life now are dismissed by, oh, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're stressed, take a pill. It's a cultural disaster, Rob. Well, I'm glad you're there to uh, to help try and get this disaster back into order, Doctor. Exonation, my guest is Dr. Peter Bregan. He's the author of Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal. His website is www.bregin. Tell me, Doctor, can you give me an estimate about how many Americans are actually taking psychiatric drugs? Well, one estimate from about two years ago is that 20% of Americans are on psychiatric drugs at any one time. I think the figure is probably near a third, and that's not including the people who have been on for years and stopped and the people who are going to get on them later. It's not about everybody. It's just about at any given slice. I think without a doubt more than half of Americans are going to be exposed to psychiatric drugs, and I suspect that 20% or more of our children and the kids are getting more and more exposed to adult drugs mm. because that was a specific push made by the drug companies. And, in fact, they're now paying billions of dollars in fines to the federal government for pushing off-label, that is, illegally pushing their drugs on kids. That billion dollars doesn't mean a thing to one of these companies. Um, but they have been doing that. And they're also doing a lot of that for adults. We have a... We, you know, the, this is hard to believe, Rob, but the biggest revenue maker right now for the drug companies are antipsychotic drugs. And those are drugs that were intended for like maybe 1% of the population, but off-market labeling and promoting has, has, has led people to be getting these drugs for sleep. Wow. Our, our soldiers, our soldiers are allowed to be given... Uh, 180 days of Seroquel, a heavy antipsychotic, mind-numbing drug, when they go into combat. These young men and women can take 180 days with them of that stuff. And just imagine the effects of doing that and then being thinking, oh, well, I haven't had any for a week. Maybe I should take all seven pills. I, I've, I've really got to you know, we, we've got to go for our news in about a minute, Doctor. But I have to, it, it has to make you question, why would anyone in their right mind give a soldier going into action a psychotropic drug. That's right. Doctor, stand by. It's great having you with us. Exo Nation, my very special guest this hour is Dr. Peter Bregan. www.bregan, B-R-E-G-G-I-N.com. His new book is Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal, 
a guide for prescribers, therapists, patients, and their families. Once again, his website is www.bregin.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news with our special guest this hour. Man alive, can you imagine giving soldiers going into action psychotropic drugs? We even give them stimulants and addictive sedatives. All right, stand by, doctor. This is going and to take... And antidepressants. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. We'll be back. Don't go away. Waiting for someone to tell you everything. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www. Dot xzoneradiotv.com Why do I feel like I'm losing control? What a drag it is getting old Kids are different today I hear every mother say Mother needs something today to come Ah, yes, explanation. Just uh, that mother's little helper, that little yellow pill, Valium. How many people, you know, remember the days when that was a big, big taboo, you know, like, and then mothers started coming out of the closet who were having the little nippies before dad got home. And the the times are changing, as Bob Dylan said many years ago. And I often wonder if they're changing the right way. Look at this world of technology we live in. Are, you know, is technology helping us or is it hampering us? Look what's happening in our schools today. You know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. We've got civil unrest around the world. We've got Iran and uh, Israel bubbling over. There's going to be a war there any time now. You know, we're just waiting for the civil unrest to land on the shores of North America that we're seeing throughout the Mediterranean and now even Asia. It's a wonder... It's a wonder that people look for the easy way out. But my friends, let me tell you, there is no such thing as an easy way out. You have to work things out. Taking a little yellow pill doesn't solve the problem. It just prolongs the solution. So if you've got a problem, there are professionals that are there to help you. That's why I am so happy that Dr. Peter Bregan is with us tonight. He is the author of Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal, a guide for prescribers, therapists, patients, and their families. His website, www.bregan.com. That's B-R-E-G-G-I-N.com. Doctor, in your opinion, what are the most widely prescribed drugs today? Uh, The antidepressants are the most widely prescribed. 
<clears throat> just behind them are some of the benzodiazepine tranquilizers like Xanax, mm-hmm. Valium, which we were just discussing, and Ativan. Um, and then, but the biggest money makers, which are also up near the top, are the new antipsychotics because the marketing has been so incredibly brilliant and misleading for them. So drugs like Seroquel and Risperdal and Zyprexa and Abilify um, are being given to children now, Hmm. which I think is absolutely bizarre, Um, sometimes off-label, sometimes within the narrow, more narrow limits the FDA approves, which should not have happened in the first place. So that's about it. I think the antidepressants, some of them are still near the top, and then then the benzodiazepine tranquilizers, Mother's Little Helper, Mm -hmm. the Valium. Um, But the big money makers, because they charge more for them, are these new antipsychotic drugs. Uh, It's a bizarre world we live in, and you were mentioning giving these drugs to soldiers. It's interesting, the vulnerable groups are the ones that really get hammered by the pharmaceutical industry in combination with the medical. The children have been heavily bombarded with drugs, uh, um, giving children uh, the diagnosis of bipolar disorder went up 40 times over but, the But you years. know, doctor, in, in my experience, there's one group that doesn't get talked about very often, and that's the elderly. Are they also being targeted uh, by Big Pharma? That was going to be one of my list. That's right, the elderly which is mostly women, mm-hmm. and they're being given drugs which have, like Seroquel and Abilify and Risperdal, to, to slow them down in the nursing home so they don't complain, so they're more zombified, so they don't have needs expressed, but it hurries their death and gives them a variety of terrible disorders along the way. There's a black box warning on those drugs that the FDA has put on those drugs that you should not be, that they cause earlier death in the elderly patient, especially elderly demented patients mm-hmm. who are often the mom, old moms and dads, now great-grandparents in the nursing homes. I'm involved in a class action suit in Canada to stop giving some of those drugs to Canadian nursing home patients. We don't have a, even an action like that in the U.S. right now. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. And, and women are another group that get targeted. And the soldiers, because it's outside their control, yeah. I get calls from soldiers who don't want to go into combat with drugs, but are told they have to. Can you imagine anything crazier than that? No, sir, I can't. <laughs> and, and I think it's the people who are telling the soldiers they have to go into combat with drugs who actually need the psychiatric help. Right, and it's all the drug company pressure from the top because they see, wow, if we can get the nursing homes, if we can get the military, if we can get the foster homes, you know, then they've got these huge inns where one or two key people um, can end up influencing the dispensing of millions of pills. And, and they do this. They do this purposely. It's called marketing. It's a, a disaster. We're, and it's affecting our whole society's view of ourselves. And now people falsely think that when they're depressed or anxious, they have a biochemical imbalance. When they don't, that was made up inside Eli Lilly's, which is uh, the maker of Prozac, yes. and Prexa, made up inside their PR department. There's no biochemical imbalances in the brains of people who go to psychiatrists routinely. But ironically, the moment they take a psychiatric drug, they have a severe biochemical imbalance. 
And one of the things I write about in the book, because it's not just about withdrawal, it's about the dangers and why you should withdraw, is that a lot of drugs are now been shown to be shortening lifespan, including the antipsychotic drugs, including, surprisingly, the benzos used as sleep medications hmm. are even increasing the death rate. And we have a lot of brain damage coming up from almost all the psychiatric drugs showing up in a variety of kinds of studies. So we're really, we're really injuring a lot of people, and the people who are injured don't necessarily realize it because the drugs hide their adverse effects. Just like somebody who's been smoking dope for 10 years or drinking excessive alcohol for years really doesn't know that the quality of their life has been affected. They may think they need their marijuana. They may think they need their alcohol. They may even think they need their cocaine. Mm -hmm. But in fact, the drugs are doing more harm than good, and overall the quality of life diminishes. It's the same with psychiatric drugs long-term for many patients, and it's time to really blow the whistle on that tragedy. From what I'm hearing, doctor, it's not the fact that people are playing crazier or more disturbed than they ever were before, but it seems that this is all part of a massive ploy by Big Pharma to make more money. Oh, there's just no question about it. Um, it I track it to some extent in the book. It's been tracked in other people's books and my earlier mm -hmm. books. But there has been a huge uh, uh, partnership, consciously developed, consciously avowed publicly in, in some places that I've made public, uh, that, that there's a partnership now between the psychopharmaceutical industry and psychiatry. And that partnership has influenced all of medicine, public agencies, the National Institute of Mental Health, the Department of Education. It just has had a massive effect on our culture. So that now more children and more adults are getting psychiatric drugs than they used to get if they were in a mental hospital. I mean, you could go to a children's hospital uh, when I was early in my training and not see as many kids on psych drugs as you see in your schools now. Hmm. It's a bizarre change. It is not chance. It's not due to new science. These drugs are not better than older drugs. They're not very good at all. It's a change in the climate created consciously by pharmaceutical industry working with a great deal of people who benefit from them, including psychiatrists and pediatricians and researchers and so on, medical schools, medical journals, I mean, all this money flows in all those directions. Exonation, we're talking to Dr. Peter Bregan. He is the author of Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal, a guide for prescribers, therapists, patients, and their families. His website is www.bregan.com. That's www.bregin.com. Tell me, doctor, how did you get so negative about psychiatric drugs? Research, study, seeing patients. I knew from the beginning that they weren't the best answer to life um, from very early on from working in mental hospitals when I was literally 18 years old mm -hmm. and being a volunteer in mental hospitals. But then my research is what really uh, did it. And I wrote a book in 1983, which was the first to look at the damaging effects of psychiatric drugs on the brain. And since then, it's uh, just escalated. Let me say one word about the purpose of my book and what I think we need in the future. The purpose of the book is to not only educate professionals and therapists, but to empower patients and families and the public. 
this system won't change from top down. There's too much money coming from the top down. It's going to be up to families and patients to read a book like mine, to use it to empower themselves, to take it to the therapist, to take it to the prescriber and say, we want a different view of what's going on here. We're seeing what, what, how harmful this is. We don't mm-hmm. want to be on these drugs. I don't want my kids on it. I don't want my wife on it. I don't want to be on them for the rest of my life. Let's get educated together and let's make this a team effort centered around the patient, not the doctor, a team effort to come off the drugs. So I'm trying to move toward a paradigm shift here. All right. If we look at what happens to people when they take synthetic chemical compound drugs, and then we look at the cause and effect of these drugs, let's now look at the synthetic chemical combinations that we're finding in today's foods. Is there a connection, doctor? Well, I think the general problem is that the better living by chemistry has its drawbacks. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to find, we are finding that the whole agribusiness, that, uh, that just, just widespread throughout medicine, throughout agriculture, is the power of the large companies to dictate what is done and to control the research. So I think in every area we need to now bring skepticism about these drugs. Even simple things in medicine like what is obesity, at what weight, or at what uh, body mass index do we say someone's obese, or at what blood sugar do we say someone has diabetes and should be treated. Almost all those determinations are being made by committees and panels under the control of drug companies. So no wonder the blood sugar level at which we have to be treated drops, the cholesterol level at which we have to be treated drops, not because that's reality, but because of this control. And this is something other people have written about extensively. Um, I have not, but I've been reading other folks about this. Um, And it's very parallel to what I know goes on in psychiatry. So we just have to approach with great skepticism the stuff that we're being told to put in our stomachs uh, and, to, and to affect our, especially affect our brains, which are the most delicate and complex organ in the whole universe. When we look at years ago, the, the obese problem that we're seeing not only in the United States, but in Canada and other countries that, you know, and I'm using this word in brackets, democracy, democratic, uh, rich countries and so and so on how does this affect the work of the psychiatrist when we see the total different changes over the years and what in your opinion sir has catapulted these changes into the mega problems they are today well if you just look at the obesity problem one piece of it unquestionably is the psychiatric drugs Mm -hmm. because Long run, the antidepressants cause obesity. They cause loss of weight usually in the beginning, but then the brain fights back and it pushes you toward obesity. The antipsychotic drugs, Seroquel, Abilify, Risperdal, they all cause horrible obesity in many, many mm-hmm. patients. So that's one piece of the problem. But then there's a the larger issue, and psychiatry contributes this too, which is people have forgotten that America... And life is about taking responsibility Ah. for your health, your livelihood, your family, your children, your parents, 
your husband or wife, but human beings thrive when they're in charge. Well, and I think that's key. You know, this is exactly what you and I started off the hour talking about, was taking responsibility. And, yes. and, and it would almost seem, Doctor, that we are in a quick-fix society, that we're all looking for the magic pill that will solve all our problems. However, as, I, as I've said many a times, it doesn't solve the problem. It masks the problem. The problem is still there, and until you get to the point where you understand and identify that problem... All the pills will do is numb you to the point that you don't realize what the problem is, and, you know, it's it's still there. Yeah, and I, I would like to leave folks with a positive concept. Too. All right, why don't we do this? I'm going to take my final break. You and I will be back for our final segment. And uh, once again, Doctor, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy practice to join us here tonight on the Exxon. Thank you. Exxon Nation, our special guest this hour, Dr. Peter Bregan, www b-r-e-g-g-i-n dr bregan is the author of drug withdrawal i'm sorry psychiatric drug withdrawal a guide for prescribers therapists patients and their families once again his website www.bregg-i-n.com and uh, the good doctor and i return on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the x-zone from our studios in hamilton ontario canada don't go away Explanation, our guest this hour, Dr. Peter Bregan. His website is www.bregin.com. And Dr. Bregan is the author of Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal, a guide for prescribers, therapists, patients, and their families. Doctor, can you help us finish on a positive note? I really want to do that because life really can be lived without psychoactive substances without relying on them. A moment of crisis between you and your husband or wife, a time of great conflict with your children, a time that uh, your mother or father is getting old, mm-hmm. these are times when you can have enormous creativity in your life. The extent that somebody is profoundly depressed indicates the extent they really wish life was better. You don't get suicidal and depressed without wishing that things just could be so much more ideal. When a husband and wives are at their throats, if, if they started out with love, then love can be regained. And if one of them is horribly down and out, it should be a team effort of husband and wife to bring each other back up, to find the life they wanted, to cooperate and empower each other. There, there's nothing we're given that isn't best handled by an intact brain that isn't somewhat intoxicated or impaired, 
by a psychiatric drug or any other substance. So look at life in terms of wanting to have your feelings and finding the kind of help that doesn't suppress your feelings when you say you're depressed, doesn't suppress your feelings when you say you're enraged or anxious or even feeling crazy. Look for the kind of help that says, hey, you're alive. That means you're alive. Let's find out what all this is about, why you're so upset, why you feel so helpless, why you're losing control over yourself, and look at what you really need for the best possible life. And then get inspired and get guidance and get the strength to pursue it. It's the exact opposite of a psychiatric concept. It's the concept of people being empowered to live good, strong, responsible, powerful lives. And that's what we need to get back in touch with. It seems that people are oh so willing in today's society, doctor, to give up control of their lives. Well, it's a sad thing. I think that's correct. I think it's growing in Mm -hmm. every direction, political, economic, educational. And I really want you to tell people, and I'm 76 years old. God bless you. I have been through, walked through hell doing the reform work I do. But I want it, and I've been under every attack you can imagine. Just imagine it, and I've, I've been under that kind of attack. But life is best lived by good principles, by having the courage to do what you believe in and having the courage to love, which is a very scary thing to do in this fragile, often hostile place called Earth. Not, on, just, not, only, to, not only the courage to love, but the courage to accept love as well. Oh, yes. That was, actually, that was so hard for me, I don't even mention it. That was my hardest one. Thank you. That's right. That's right. Those are the tasks in life. Doctor, and, and you, and I, you and I have got to say so long for tonight, but you'll be back on the show in the future. Congratulations on a great book, and thank you once again for being with us here in the Exxon, sir. Great show. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Exxon Nation. Dr. Peter Bregan, excuse me, has been my guest this hour. He's the author of Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal, a guide for prescribers, therapists, patients, and their families. www.bregan.com. Com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Finish your whiskey or beer.